0: I am joined on the podcast tonight by a very special guest, uh, guest uh, Christy Schirouse. Uh Christy, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank so you for having to, us. Glad
0: to have <laughs> you. Well, hey, why don't you just go ahead before we get into all of our stuff tonight? Introduce yourself a little bit about you, your your family, your husband. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Okay. So, mm-hmm. Gil and I have been members at First Baptist for almost seventeen years. Okay. Um, we've been married seventeen years. We have okay. two daughters. Bella and Lexi, 14 and 11. I have a young adult Sunday school class. I teach a women's Bible study in the choir. Um, I joke with Gil that um, I think he's secretly on staff here because (laughs) he's here so much.
0: He'll be here tonight. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, very good. So yeah, we're so thankful for the Sherrouse's, personally the Akins are. We love the Sherrouse family. They're a gift to me, my wife, Anna, and all of, our, all of our children, and they faithfully serve, have been serving for many years, have a great mm-hmm. uh, young adult Sunday school class that is busting at the seams. Yes, it's, we uh, are. <laughs> trying to find y'all a different room <laughs> soon, and uh great room. That's where my wife goes on Sunday morning mm-hmm. to their uh, Sunday school class. She does lead women's Bible studies, helps with our women's ministry in general, and then mm-hmm. Gil has served in a variety of... Of leadership capacities from chairman of the deacons, currently chairman right. of the budget and finance committee, also is a deacon, uh, and and is just a gift and a blessing uh, to really our church, but also to the entire community. Right. So so thankful for the Strauss family. They are a great gift. And so just to catch everybody up, what we're doing this year is our theme as a church is going all in with Jesus, church, and his mission. And so right now on Sunday mornings, we are in a series on relationships. Right. Okay, how is it that we can Know and then pursue God's design for all of the relationships in our life. And now we've moved into a part of the series where we're really focusing in on marriage and family. We uh, kicked that off this past Sunday on Mother's Day by looking at what the Bible says about being a godly right. woman. And so as we go deeper on that, I thought thought it would be helpful to actually have a <laughs> woman on the podcast to get her. Uh, perspective and to uh, to help us out and before we jump in just important for anybody that's listening this is an important topic for all of us okay whether okay. you are a woman this is the kind of woman obviously you should strive to be every day if you're a, a believer if you're a young lady this is the kind of woman that hopefully you uh, will strive to be one day in the future okay. if you're a, a a father or a grandfather or a parent of any kind this is the kind of daughter you want your uh kind of woman you want your daughter to become it's kind of woman you want your son to bring home one day. And then if you're a, a, a young man or a single man or whatever, this is the kind of person you should aspire to marry. So applicable to all of us. And so, all right, let's jump in. So okay. this past Sunday, we looked at Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. one of the most well-known passages of Scripture in all the Bible when it comes to the characteristics of a godly woman. So according to Proverbs 31, and then even what else you want to add to that, what are some characteristics of a godly woman what does it look like what does it mean for a woman to uh, embody godliness
1: you know the first thing that comes to mind for me is a woman of great character and integrity um i think about the women in my life that i would describe as godly women as being um you know by the way they talk the way they act their um the way they serve in our church the way they serve others um you know, that there's no doubt where their faith lies. Um, You know, I think about women that are prayer warriors that sacrificially serve, you know, and give of their, not just financial resources, but are giving of their time, giving of their talents, giving of their efforts. You know, I think about the people that pop in my head are, you know, when someone thinks of you. Do they think of Christ? You know, that's kind of what um, you know. I think about when I think about the women in my life that I think epitomize that. Um, You know, I know First Peter talks about gentle and quiet spirit. You know, and I've got some loud friends and (laughs) that love the Lord. But you know, when I think about just kind of when it really boils down to of having that gentle spirit, and you know, I also think it looks like coming alongside. Not just in the way that we raise our children, but how we are in our marriages, you know, and how we support our spouses. And, you know, I know years ago when I was a young mom, um, I do have a husband that's got a crazy successful career, Mm -hmm. super involved in stuff. And I remember... Not questioning my purpose in life, but a little bit of, well, I'm just a mom mm. and you you do this and this and this and this. And like the greatest compliment he ever gave me was, but because you do those things well, mm. I'm able to be who I've been called to be. Oh. Um, you know, and I think that's a big part of it is, you know, us coming alongside our spouses too, like being that kind of godly support to them so that they can fulfill what they've been called to do also. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very good. I like the first one you, you kicked off with, uh, you know, woman of character. Mm-hmm. Very important kind of a idea from Proverbs 1. This is a, a virtuous woman. She's right. honorable. She's honest. She uh, desires the truth. She has a good reputation. Right. Inside the church, outside the church, uh, inside her uh, family. You know, when I think of um, what it means to be... Uh, you know, a godly woman or characteristics of that, especially as you look at Proverbs thirty one, also this idea of compassion, right? right. Compassion mm-hmm. for those in right. need, compassion for those uh, less fortunate. And then one thing you see, uh, in, in Christi and Christian her Christy exudes this really well. You see over and over again, Proverbs 31, this woman was a hard worker. I mean, this woman was a workhorse. Right. I mean, this lady <laughs> sold land, she bought land, she, you know, knit their clothes together. She went out and got their food. I mean, it was amazing all the things that right.
1: she... Yeah, I'm not doing all that.
0: Not doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's you When you go to the grocery store, you, knew, right, yeah, yeah. you do it in a modern modern way. Right, right. And uh, But this lady, you know, did these things well. Now, what it says there to, uh, at the end of the of the chapter, Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. towards the end, it talks about how this is a woman that fears the Lord. Right. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. What does it mean? I think sometimes that's a misunderstood, right. but very important phrase used all throughout the Bible, especially in the right. book of Proverbs. <clears throat> what does it mean uh, to fear the Lord? And maybe what's a connection of fear of the Lord to being a godly woman? How those things go together?
1: Well, you know, I think when I think of fear of the Lord, I think that just humble reverence and awe of God. Um I also think a lot of it is having the right um, perspective of his character. you know we We love the part of God that we know of as loving and kind and merciful, and all of those warm, fuzzy feelings, yeah. but you know sometimes we want to forget about the holy, just, righteous aspect of mm-hmm. God. um And I think that when we're talking about um having a fear of the Lord, you know, I don't see it as that like trembling we're scared of him yeah. kind of fear. But out of reverence for who He is, we have a desire to be obedient to His Word. We have a desire to follow His commands. You know, and I think about it even when we're raising our children. You know, we say we want our kids to have a healthy fear of us. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but they know their love. They know they're provided for. They know they're cared for. But we have rules and boundaries in our house. You know, right. so out of that love and respect for us, we want them to be obedient for what we've you Know, put in place, you know, and sure. I think of that when we think about, you know, our relationship with our father of okay. that same thing of, you know, when we become Christians, we still have these boundaries we have to operate in. Um, but you know, He's because of our love and reverence for Him, we want to obey. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, very good. Uh, very helpful. I think that's a misunderstood phrase, you know, right. good to think, Okay, does it mean I'm supposed to be fearful? Well, God's scared smi- of it, yeah, right. smiting me, right, <laughs> judging me, and yeah, you, you don't want your child to to wince, you know, every time you come right. at them because they're afraid you're gonna backhand them or right. wh- whatever, <laughs> whatever you're gonna you're gonna do. And so, you know, Proverbs, the key verse in all the book is Proverbs one seven. It says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of right. knowledge, but that fools despise wisdom and instruction." So this means that the quest for godly wisdom it does begin with a fear of the Lord. And I think you nailed it, right? It's this reverence. Is this humility? It's this idea of being willing to submit right. Uh, right. To, to God as our Creator, but then when we get to know Him as our Redeemer, mm-hmm. as our Savior and our our Lord, we're 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 pleased uh, to submit to Him and to follow Him and right. to fear Him because because of that. And so, you know, you only can do that through a true saving relationship right. uh, with right. uh, the Lord. And so, this idea of being a godly woman being a godly man, any kind of godly person, in order to have wisdom, the Bible says you've got to start by fearing God, mm-hmm. reverence for God, right, right. submission to God. So all right, I want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit about discipleship. So mm-hmm. obviously this is one of our core values at our church. Obviously the Bible talks about discipleship. The Bible even has specific verses like in Titus chapter 2, where it talks about older godly women training younger godly women to be wives and mothers and and, and all of these uh, kinds of things. So I want to talk specifically for men about the importance of younger women
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, having some older, wiser, more experienced women in their life to uh, disciple them. And so just begin, Christy, maybe for uh, a couple minutes and talk about the importance of that. Why is it important mm-hmm. for young moms, young young Christian, like single, married, whatever, to have some older women uh, pouring into them and mentoring them and discipling them?
1: I mean, I think it's crucial. I don't think that I would have survived those early years of motherhood. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, really, if it hadn't have been for people that were and not even significantly ahead of me, you know, just a generation ahead of me to right. pour into me during those years. Um I think that, you know, in my Bible study I talk a lot about there's really no age unless you're kind of at the top of the food chain that you shouldn't have you should have somebody above you and somebody below you. So Somebody that you're going to, you know, that's pouring into you, that's training you up in those things, but that on the other end of it too, I've even got you know some young twenty-somethings in my Bible study. I'm like, you're you're not too young. Like right. there's you know my girls are 11 and 14, and yeah. you know some of those young women have the traits that I want my girls to have when they're yeah. young women. You yeah. know, and I think that um, you can't underestimate the importance of that. You know, I think our faith grows from experience. And, you know, obviously those of us that are further along down the road, you know, have so much to offer yeah. that generation behind us, whether it's, you know, a spiritual, you know, growth that we're trying to, you know, achieve with somebody, or if it's, you know, we've been married longer, our kids are a little bit older. Like there's so much that, you know, we have, and, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of that bracket sure. right now of, you know, I've still have women that I go to for parenting things now, who've already are on the other side of mm. this season. But I also have young moms that call me and, okay, how did you get through this right. toddler phase? <laughs> you know, and I th- I think it's so important yeah. to have it on both sides of the table of, you know, like I said, unless you're really kind of on the upper end of that, right. you know, spectrum, you're never too old to still need somebody wiser than you. Sure. You know, like we never, we never reached that, you know, when max out there. Yep. You know, so I think that I always try to tell even those younger girls, um, like there's still some teenagers that that need you. Right. You know, that you've already went through that phase, and it's not too far removed from you, and they still think they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> you know, yeah. to have you yeah. know those people on both sides that you're pouring into, and that people are pouring into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you
0: never graduate out of your need to be discipled.
1: Right. You know, never,
0: you never, never. You're you're. Path of sanctification goes on for the rest of your life. Right. I think you hit something, too, that's important. This goes for uh, young women, young men as well, but our kids, grandkids, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, they need parents pouring into them. But they also need yes. people that aren't their parents, right. you know, mm-hmm. uh, pouring into them. It's just kind of the way that God's made out of great... Great, great parents, but God's also used some other men in my life right, to, to help so. me that, mm-hmm. at different stages, right? Mm-hmm. Different phases. Now, let me ask you this one question kind of as a aside. What do you think is, uh, what are some obstacles that sometimes keep, we'll, you, we'll stick with you know the the, the topic here of, of women. What are some obstacles that keep women from being mentored and being discipled as they should? Is it sometimes on them? They're not looking for that? Is it sometimes maybe the older generation is not trying to, or somebody older is not not pouring into them, their church it. Right. What, what are some obstacles, and maybe what are some ways to kind of overcome that?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing is people thinking they're not equipped enough okay. to do it. Sure, they don't think that they're capable of, ta- you know, teaching somebody how to pray or helping somebody learn how to study the Bible. I think that's probably the biggest thing right. is people think, or you know, you know, I think about some of these ladies that you know, by the pure grace of God, have had you know, I'm not going to say an easy life, but You know, God's just been gracious to them, and they've just had kind of that steadfast faith. And, okay, well, I didn't go through any major, huge, whatever, so I don't have anything to offer. Sure. You know, but I think there's such beauty even in those stories of, yes, but, like, you had such a, you know— foundational, steadfast faith for all these decades. Like, you still have something to offer. I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know, and I think that, you know, I've also said, too, that, like, then pray for those people. Like, I want my girls, like you said, and I do. I've got some great godly women that, you know, are already pouring into my 14-year-old because... Things that come out of my mouth sound different when they come out of somebody <laughs> else's mouth. Right. Um, you know, but praying for those people in my children's life, like, yeah. you know, God, please, you know, bring these godly women that are going to direct them, sure. you know, in the same way that I would. Um, so I think part of it is feeling like they're unequipped. I think the other part is, I don't know, say laziness, maybe, sure. but just, you know, well, I don't have time to yeah. to do that. Yeah. I mean, when it really comes down to it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah.
0: I think and I think it can swing both ways. And you know, the pastor always said, press into those who press back into you. So it does take True. both, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it takes those more seasoned, more godly to, to look for right. somebody younger mm-hmm. to or less experienced, uh, to, to mentor, but it also takes that person, just being disciple, to also press back in. So it, mm-hmm. it, it does it does go both ways. But it is biblical. I mean, this is a biblical pattern, this is how it right. needs to be for for all of us. And it's a I think it's a comfort, you know, when oh, you yeah. can Mm -hmm. go to somebody and ask them questions and Mm -hmm. it it gives you a little bit more confidence as a
1: parent and a,
0: (laughs) you know, uh, kind of thing. So I get some specific examples uh, of some women in your life that God has used to help you grow as a godly woman. And what are some of the things that they did to kind of, what are some specific things they did that helped you?
1: So I think of when I was like in my formative years, like my grandmother was just epitome of Christian godly woman. Um, I spent most summers there as a kid, and she was just one of those ladies that she played piano for 50 years in their church, faithfully served the community um, they all called her sis. she lived in this little bitty town in Alabama okay. because everybody knew her. Yeah. like she was always helping somebody serving somebody, baking something, taking something like yeah. she was just that presence yeah. in their community. Um, so one you know her my summers with her were very much, she was bound and determined that I knew the gospel, that I had memorized scripture. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's what led to my, you know, accepting Christ was yeah. one of those summers with her. You know, so I think of her having that such a huge influence. And it wasn't even um and it was just her day to day.
0: Was it formalized? It was just no. Yeah, it was yeah. just
1: her day to day. It was you know we're going to church. It's Wednesday. We're yeah. going to church. You know we're yeah. going to read the Bible because that's what we're doing. Yeah. And you know those just basic daily habits of hers. Yeah. You know that she put on. You know poured into me. And I think about when I became a young mom. Um, Gill and I had a couple that were our Sunday school teachers back then. Yeah. That when we were newly married, that were they were married about fifteen years. They had four kids, so they were you know just a little bit yeah. ahead of us. Yeah. And we still to this day reference things that they talked about mm. that they did in their marriage, the things that they did in the way that they raised their family. Mm. She's still someone, I mean, they've moved long, mm. long since moved. Yeah. I'll still text her periodically, <laughs> okay, what did you do during this season <laughs> yeah. of life? Yeah. You know, and there were so many things that they didn't, they had just a beautiful picture of, you know, Christ's love for the church kind of marriage. Yeah. And so many of the things we still reference to this day because they were so intentional with how they poured into us when sure. we were newly married and as yeah. a young mom. I mean, and even now, um, I said it earlier, there's still some women that I go to whose girls are, you know, college or, yeah. j- or young adults that, okay, we're about to go through high school. How did you get yeah. through this season? What are some of the things that you did? You know, because I see things in their kids that Okay, I want my girls to be yeah. that grounded in their faith right. when they get to that point. So it never stops. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, very good. I, a couple things there. One, it doesn't have to be this formalized, hey. you know, we meet and say the Bible and get on knees and pray for two, three hours every time we meet. Right. It, it may be that. And that's not bad. Right, okay. right. <laughs> uh, but I do think life on life mm-hmm. mentoring just through the ebb and flow of life is more, more natural and I think more impactful. right. And it lasts longer and it's more helpful kind of to to, to do it uh, that way. Another another point um, that, that I think you hit really, really well was this idea of your grandmother essentially also God used her to lead you ultimately to faith in oh, Christ. Yeah. Very much so. That's so what I think about my, my wife, I think about Anna, her mom and her dad, you know, were the primary faith builders in her mm-hmm. home and her family that led her to faith in in Jesus. And then she had two women, same kind of a way, two women that just informally, you know, took her out. They went shopping together. They ate lunch together. Right. You know, they'd have a sort of their house together, and Anna would just observe them and watch them. And from that, she learned mm-hmm. all sorts of has learned right all sorts of, of things. And um, and so it's just I think making it less pressure packed for people. Oh yeah. Hey, just, Big time. Just do life with them, mm-hmm. and they'll pick some things up, and it will be you know be more more helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we think about uh, our our girls, so you've got two girls. I've got two girls. Uh, and two, I got two young ones. you got a, a, one is a tweener. I want to become a teenager. <laughs> and Then you got one that's in, 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 right. in a, is a teenager. And, uh, so as we think about young girls, so I'd say teenagers and under, especially in the church, right? Mm-hmm. So our types of girls and the girls that God's blessed our church with, they, I believe face lots of challenges. Okay. Then they have in every generation, but I think it's even more difficult now, right. Boys face challenges too, different different kind, and girls face challenges as well. So what do you see as the greatest challenges that Bella and Lexi uh, will face kind of in these formative years? Mm-hmm. And then what can the church do to kind of help them and girls like them right through that?
1: So it is almost a weekly conversation in our house now of who defines you, where does your identity come from? Where does your hope lie? I mean, it it really is. Like we're at that point with both of them of where's your identity and who is your identity in because they're so inundated by the world and by Mm. the culture right now. Um, And we're pretty guarded about what, what we let them watch and what they're exposed to. But even in those parameters of what the world's idea of how they need to dress, how they need to act, what kind of woman they need to be, is so countercultural to what the Bible says. And I think that as they've gotten older, it has become even more challenging right. for us to parent counterculturally. I mean it is it is hard. Right. And it's a daily struggle almost of, you know, your your identity doesn't come from the opinion of, you know, a classmate. Right. Your identity does not come from what this television show is telling you of right. what you know, constitutes a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest struggle that we have is just trying to, and I think that's where the church very much can come into place along alongside parents, obviously, of we're trying so hard to make sure they are so grounded in their faith and so grounded in knowing God's word and so grounded in their prayer life that when the society comes at them and culture comes at them trying to tell them, no, do this, no, do this, that they're not swayed by that. Yeah. And they're still going to be because they're kids. And um, But, you know, just trying so hard of every, you know, every time we hit that kind of wall with them of, okay, no, let's go back to who are you? You belong to Christ. Yeah. What does that look like in your day-to-day? Mm. Um, and it's hard, especially, you know, people parent differently inside and outside of the church, yeah. but especially outside of the church, like having to parent against, you know, even that outside influence right. of close friends that, you know, are just raised a little differently than we are. Um, but I think the church coming alongside to making sure that they have those like major foundational truths. Do you know God's word? Do you have a, you know, a faithful, active prayer life? Like I think if they can get a grip and a grasp on those things young, yeah. um, not that they're going to be spared from every influence right. that comes their way. Cause you know, that's life. Yeah. Um, but how much, you know, So that by the time they leave our house, you know, in not too many years away, no. that they're, they've are they got a solid foundation of, okay, this is who the kind of woman God's called me to be. Yeah. But it's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned a new phrase this week, or a new word, mansplaining. I guess this is the idea where men <laughs> telling women how they should think. I, somebody said, I'm sure you do it a lot. I'm sure I do. I, I tell everybody <laughs> how they should think about everything, but so I don't want to mansplain. So I'm going to kind of talk from the... The young man's perspective, but I would say the answer is the same. The answer is exactly what Christy hits. So the answer is teaching our our young boys and our young girls, right. any anybody, but especially the younger they are as they're wrestling through identity. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And what kind of person do I want to be? Right. It comes back to this identity of you are who you are in Jesus. So right. when you've given your life to Jesus, what defines you is that. defines right. you as mm-hmm. your relationship with Christ and who he says you are as a chosen son, chosen daughter, right. loved by him uh, cared for by him. And I think that is
1: huge. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if
0: a teenage boy, teenage girl can get that foundation, then when the waves of the world come at them, it will be a challenge, right? no -hmm. doubt, but they'll have a foundation about which to to look at the lens of life. And again, God's word telling them, no, this is what it means to be a godly man. So it means to be a godly woman. And so I think the church celebrating, uh, what it means to be a woman, Right. And what it means to be a man and that it's okay that there's differences and celebrate those differences and that those differences make right. us better together and celebrating who we are uh, when we put our faith in, in Jesus and then knowing what God's word says of, of what we are to pursue mm-hmm. is is, uh, is huge, is is you know is very, very important. So I think that's a very significant question um, that I want you to think about. I want you to end with this and I'm going to end with a two-minute drill. So this is different than that I originally put in the notes, but... <laughs> Uh, you obviously enjoy being a wife and a mother, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, I do fear uh, that the family is in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that the biblical family is in serious trouble inside the church and outside the church. Mm-hmm. What makes me really nervous is I think it's in trouble inside the church as, as well. Right. Um, and there's multiple ways that you can be a godly, Christ honoring biblical family. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have to look the same. Everybody right. has to have six kids or the wife stays at home and then the husband work to do all that there's right. multiple ways to do it right right but just take like a minute okay just take like a minute and just i want you to like dote on and celebrate like why you like being a wife and a mother why is that a good thing why does that bring you joy why does that bring you fulfillment in mm-hmm. your life because i think it's important for us to celebrate that there is fulfillment in being a mom there's a fulfillment in being a right. wife cuz how God kind of designed, it, right? And kind of. And kind of. There's a there's a feeling being a husband and being a being a father. So right. so best you can explain why that is fulfilling to you.
1: Well, you know, I think that when um, well, first of all, you know, I won't get into my whole backstory, but we weren't even sure we were going to be able to have kids. Okay. So even the fact that we were able to have sure. children, mm-hmm. you know, was a huge blessing. Um, you know, but I think that um, I don't. I remember when the girls were little um beating myself up a little bit of I'm not serving enough in the church I'm not doing enough in church and and I had a sweet you know, another younger mom that was a little older than I that was like your greatest ministry is inside the walls of your home mm-hmm. and I think that completely changed my perspective of you know I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I was I'm a, you know been a stay at home mom sure. all these years um you know but realizing the blessing in that of how much I get to pour into these little people, um, which is a huge job Mm -hmm. and it's daunting Mm -hmm. at times, you know, but, um, how special that is and how, you know, people take that for granted. I think that we're able to do that. And, you know, um, I have blessed with an incredible husband Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I think that just the opportunities that I have to, Like he said, like I told you earlier when he made that comment of he gets to be who he is because of me. We've always had that kind of marriage and just that friends first, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's always been my best friend. You know, and I think that since we've been able to have, you know, build upon that foundation all these years, um, I mean marriage is so sweet when you're doing it biblically. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, we've got people in our life and friends in our life that i you know, sometimes the roles get a little yeah. off balance. And, you know, we always tell people that, well, when we're doing what we're called to do as a biblical husband and a b- biblical wife, like, it works. Yeah, yeah. God <laughs> Shocking. Bless yeah. God's design <laughs> works. works. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's such beauty in that, you know, and I think that Gil's always been my biggest cheerleader and yeah. biggest encourager. Um, you know, and I think that I remember um years ago we had a couple in our class that I remember the wife said this and I loved it. She said, My spouse pushes me to the cross every day. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. You know, that Gil and I talk, and we have fun about fun, simple things, mm-hmm. but we have, like, deep theological conversations, <laughs> but I love that, yeah. that if I'm preparing for a Bible study, I can go to him, we can bounce that off each other. He does the same with me. You know, and I think with the girls, like, it is the hardest but most fulfilling job yep. to raise these young ladies, you yep. know, in hopes that, you know, we're preparing them to be kingdom changers one day, yep. you know, and having, you know, not taking that lightly. Yep. Um, I think it's real easy to be a kind of parent that just says yes and doesn't have rules. And yeah. it's easy to be the fun parent. Yeah. I I tell my girls all the time, it's hard to be a good parent <laughs> because it takes so much intentionality and it takes so much like very purposeful decisions and yeah. what we do with them, you know, and we have that devotion time with them together every night. We've been doing it since they were little yeah. because we see the value in that. Sure. Um, you know, but I think that I think the stay-at-home moms and, well, just moms in general, we get beat up sometimes, you know, about what our roles look like. But um, it's been such a blessing in our life, you know, that I've been able to be that for them. I've been able to be present. And I think that's the biggest thing is being able to be present with, you know, each other and with them.
0: Well, I love what you said. We'll get ready to wrap here and end. I love what you said, raising kingdom builders, raising... You know world changers, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people have to realize in the midst right. of all the mundane and all the monotony and all the hard stuff that's what you're trying right. to do, and God, right. God blesses it. So, uh, so thankful to have Christy with us today on the podcast. So thankful for her and her family, what a gift and blessing they are uh, to our church. So, we pray well, y'all you all have a, a great week, and I'll see you guys back next week on the podcast. Thanks so much.